Was this one of the um, listeners suggested? The reason we are doing this episode is because my lady was listener suggested. Got it. I'll mention that in my lady talk. I couldn't remember if this was the episode in general was suggested or one of the ladies. It was definitely not my lady because I came up with my lady. It was one of the ladies and I took that lady. Uh, Then I didn't have to think about it. Love not thinking about it. Making decisions is so hard. Exactly. That's what I was feeling today. Like, I really don't pick my lady until the very last minute because then it tells my brain you have to do research on one specific person. There's never like a lady you get excited about that you like you can't not do. There is and there isn't. Because like for art, Frida Kahlo, but I have so many artists I like love. Yeah, but we can always do another women in art episode. I know. I nothing stopping us. Feel bad for the right here, right now. And then I also my brain just is like a squirrel, and I will read all the articles. This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women. Hello and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you missed in history class. Hey Lexi, what's your bird's name? Sergeant Pepper. And Haley, what hill will you die on? Oh, this is for Holly. I believe anything can be a soup, a sandwich, or a cake. Like any food. Any food's either going to be a soup, it's going to be a sandwich, or it's going to be a cake. And I'm Alana, and I'm picking all of my battles. War is not good for anything. I just want to say that. Yeah, I don't have any more banter for this. War bad. War bad. Okay, stories then? Okay, stories. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to preemptively apologize because I actually know there are several Vietnamese American individuals who watch, not watch, who listen to this show. And I'm about to butcher their mother tongue. And I am so sorry. (laughs) I am not good with words in any language, um, but this is one of the languages I have the least exposure to. So we're just gonna roll with it. This woman I'm about to talk about was suggested by one of my sorority sisters, Amber Tran. So thank you, Amber Tran. Also funny since we just did an episode on sisters and I made a joke about my many, many sisters. Well, here's one of them in the flesh. Um, Well, no, in the internet, in the interwebs. She suggested this lady in like September 2020. So I'm sorry it took us this long to get to this lady, but I did always want to cover her from like the moment you mentioned her. I put her on like our list and I made up an episode for her. We just did not get to it until today. But that's okay, because now we're doing it. I hope I do the story justice, Amber, because I don't speak Vietnamese, so it was very hard to research for since there are not many sources written in English. And just like in college when I did my assignments too last minute and couldn't ask for help, I researched this yesterday. And if I'd researched it many days ago, I would have texted you and asked you to give me more information. Um, so maybe we need to recover this lady later. But you know what? I always do my homework the night before it's due, so no. That won't change anything. 
So Bui Tai Xuan was a woman from the area that's now known as the Ninh Dinh province in Vietnam. And it is said that as a child, she mastered martial arts and also learned the use of swords and fighting sticks. In the late 1700s, she led a group of rebel peasants as a war general. The conflict that she was involved in was the Taishan Rebellion, a reaction to the corrupt ruling elite that controlled Vietnam at the time. Their motivations were the injustices they saw in the countryside and the poor treatment of the peasants by the elite. The rebellion was quite a success with the Taishan taking control of much of the country. They established a dynasty that lasted until French colonial forces assisted their opposition, the Nguyen, in overtaking them in 1802. Xuan is remembered in many legends, which may or may not be true. One legend suggests that she rescued a man from a tiger and then he became her husband, which is the kind of shit I live for personally. Another the meat cute to end all meat cutes. Exactly. I mean, that's just like knight in shining armor, lady with giant stick fighting tiger, love forever. I want a rom-com that opens that way. Preferably a Vietnamese made rom. I want it to be the full aesthetic. So anyway, maybe there is a Vietnamese rom-com about them. I, I wouldn't know because I don't speak Vietnamese, but if someone finds it, please send it to me with subs. I will watch it. Anyway, she saved him from a tiger, became her husband. Another legend suggests that when the new dynasty overtook the Taizong, the, the Yuan dynasty that was assisted by the French colonial forces, the general and her husband were both executed. It's likely they were actually executed, but the method is kind of where the legend is. The rumored method of her execution is really unique. It's said that she was crushed to death by elephants because she was known for training and using war elephants. So they were like, wouldn't it be ironic if we crushed her to death with an elephant? So in a lot of like depictions of her, like images I've seen on Vietnamese websites and stuff, she is like looking distressed in like prisoner clothes and is about to be crushed by an elephant. So that's interesting. And you know, war elephants is kind of a cool That's cool I, I am deeply obsessed with elephants, like since, baby like young would you like to be crushed to death by one if you have to be executed i think so like it might be the best way to go out i think if i had to pick but also i need to know a little more because apparently baby elephants like the same hormones or like there's something about how baby elephants and elephants in general see humans as like cute and cuddly creatures like how we see dogs and like cats elephants like that See, makes sense. That. They're like wise, large beings, and we must look like cute little beings to them. Yeah. So I want to know, like, how they maybe like the elephant was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play with my squishy little furry friend," but really, or they um, trained the executed. elephant to be like mean. Also true. Even like you can train a dog to be mean. Right. And uh, human can be mean. I'm looking at you, TSA agents. Humans, training humans those dogs. have done bad things to animals. Trigger warning. Yeah. Humans have done bad things to animals. So Correct. I guess it wouldn't be crazy if elephants Correct under duress did bad but things. But like, if I had to pick a way to die, curling up with an elephant would not. And it's pretty legendary. Like you were, the, you were the lady war general who got crushed to death by an elephant. Like you're infamous now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the new emperor, this is, it keeps, the legend continues. The new emperor, 
that the UN and the French like put in power, was so impressed with General Xuan and her bravery that he requested her liver, lungs, arms, and heart be prepared as a meal for his troops. I have a lot of questions about this. First, if she was crushed to death by the elephant, how did they get the specific pieces? Like if you get crushed, I feel like, especially by an elephant, I don't know if these two legends can like live in harmony, but I guess we'll suspend some disbelief. Also, what an interesting thought system to believe that your, your troops can gain powers by consuming someone. It's kind of like, this is horrible and tasteless, but you know that game where you're like a little worm and you collect other worms? It's like Scrooleo or something. And like you have snake to snake yo. And you like become other. You no, become it's Slitherio. Slitherio. You become like a bigger snake by eating other snakes. Did, did he think that's how life works? Um, so yeah, he believed this would transfer her undying courage, which he respected so much, to his warriors. She remains really popular in Vietnam. There are schools and streets that bear her name in almost every city. So like, it's just like, you know, you can go to the school named after the badass war general, if you would like. If anyone listening right now speaks Vietnamese and would like to help us expand her story in the English historical record, please feel free to send us like an audio message or an email. I would love to like put something on our blog or something so other people who Google her have something in English because there just really isn't that much stuff. There's like a translated wiki article from Vietnamese Wikipedia. So we would love to hear from you if you have more information on this wonderful, wonderful lady. But yeah, she's really cool. And it seems like she's in a lot of popular media too, but I don't speak Vietnamese and there wasn't a lot of like subtitled stuff, but it seems like there's like musicals and plays and movies and TV shows that have featured her as a character, but I don't, I don't know how to tell you anything about them. But people love her. There are shrines to her too. Right. Again, I am um, not going to pronounce this name very well. I've listened to many versions of how to pronounce this name, and I'm probably going to go for more of a Spanish style because I know that this is also a Spanish name, along with the Greek, and she is Greek. So Telesia was a poet by day, warrior by night, and Telesia of Argos was a huge force you did not want to mess with. And this is going to be really short because, as we say many a time on Lady History, with really old women comes not enough factual history that has been saved in the record. And we're dusting off this really old history book to the early 5th century BCE. So we're like, there's not going to be much. And also, I'll get into this more, but we're still debating on like, what could be factual and what could not be factual. Archaeology is a wonderful thing. And we're um, in Argos, Greece. So holding on to this history book in one hand and having our grain of salt in the other, Telesia got the instructions to study the muses to improve her health from the oracle. And she is apparently a very sick child. So she would go to the gods for guidance on how to get herself physically and like mentally better. Apparently the Oracle knew what they were doing because Telesia was inspired and empowered to rally the women of Argos. And by this time we're doing like a whole leap because there's not that much, but she was already a very famous poet within like her city and town. And she helped 
fight the Spartans when they invaded Argos from Sparta. And Sparta is like a land, more landlocked up, um, up north if you're looking at Greece. In 494 or 493 BCE, before the Common Era, it's like some of the examples that I read about what Telesia's narrative could be, could be that she wrote this story about helping fight the Spartans as a fiction and like poetry to tell. But since she was so associated with that story, like even now today, her actual, her as a human was inserted into the narrative. She may have been a warrior, but since people wrote about it so much later, and I'm not even talking about like scholars today, the story is not going to be 100% factual, which segues us to Parsianus, who is a Greek traveler geographer in the very early days of the common era. Like I think he was alive around like 100 CE. Again, he, while not living during the time of either us talking to you lady history listeners he was also not born around the time of telesia so he's writing this from oral tradition or he got his information from any other way and he wrote about her rallying slaves young and old men and women to run off the spartans when they attacked argos he kind of phrased it in like a not great term but like in some of the translations I saw from his, it was like, they killed off all the able-bodied men, like all the strong, like handsome men. For Telesia, it did not matter who you were as long as you could fight. And that was like moral of the story. And we do have a statue of her holding a helmet, which is kind of a very like classic symbol in Greek art of your warrior or your part of the military and books placed at her feet. So symbolizing that she was also a poet, used both brains and brawn. And this was made around the time this fight would have happened. Oh no, sorry. This was made around Pa Sinaius's like time. So the first common era. So again, like she's still like very well known and it was placed in the sanctuary of Aphrodite at Argos. So this story has a content warning for violence, genocide, Holocaust, Nazi stuff. Um, The same content warning for my story last week also applies to this week because they're related. Hanny Shaft was born Janetja Joanna Shaft on September 16th, 1920, making her a a Virgo like the podcast and like her fellow resistance fighters, Truce and Freddie Overstegen from last week. Uh, As a child, she went by Joe. Her parents, like Truce and Freddie's parents, raised her with anti-Nazi values. In 1943, Joe dropped out of law school at the University of Amsterdam because they wanted her, this was like after the Nazis had invaded and were occupying uh, the Netherlands, and they wanted the students at the University of Amsterdam to sign a declaration of loyalty to Nazi Germany, but Joe was like, fuck that and took up a more active role in the resistance, which is when she met Truce and Freddie and the three of them became best friends. Joe also took part in the scheme to seduce Nazis and lure them to their deaths from last week, but she also did so much more. 
Uh, she was the oldest of the three and had done a bunch more to gain notoriety. Although I'm going to like gloss over a lot of it because it like in summation, murder of Nazis. On one of her missions, she had a partner named Jan Bonecamp. During the mission, Jan was fatally shot and gave up Joe's address. So she went into hiding. Her bright red hair was easy to spot. So she was in further danger of like getting captured, getting caught. Just after she went into hiding, her parents were captured by Nazi forces, saying that if Joe turned herself in, they would free her parents. She almost went, but Truce and Freddie convinced her not to because there was no guarantees that the Nazis were going to have kept their word anyway. And a few weeks later, her parents were released. I guess because the Nazis, they just gave up on using them. And so they were like, all right, go ahead. In March of 1944, Joe started going by Hanny, Hanny Shaft and was issued a new identity card. She dyed her hair black and she started wearing fake glasses because the Nazis were onto the girl with red hair, which was kind of like her call. So like every, everyone knew the girl with red hair was Hanny. Unfortunately, none of the images of Hanny with red hair are public domain. So just Google her. It's like the third picture. Almost exactly a year later, in March of 1945, Hanny was caught. A guard at a checkpoint noticed her red roots and a search found anti-Nazi propaganda in her bicycle bag, as well as a revolver. She was imprisoned, isolated, and tortured for information. The resistance tried to bribe the guards to release her, and the kind of occupation had an agreement with the local government to not do executions. But despite all of that, Hanny was sentenced to execution, and on April 17, 1945, two guards took her into the dunes and shot her. The first bullet only wounded her, so legend has it that her last words were, I'm a better shot. The war ended in Europe only a few weeks later, and her remains were some of the first to be taken from the dunes and reburied in the Cemetery of Honor in Blomendal on November 27th, 1945. I'm a better shot is incredible. It's great. That's incredible. Where's the movie? There is one. Oh, is it in Dutch, though? It is in Dutch. <laughs> they got subtitles on that shit? Maybe. You can find this podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Lady History Pod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode and our merch will be on ladyhistorypod.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or follow us on Patreon. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Instagram at girlbum.productions. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History. Y'all remember that vine where it's a little blonde girl going, who are you? Well, that's what we're going to be doing next week because we're um, doing people that like, like, who are they? Like, lost to history. We're uncovering it. But, like, just think of that little blonde kid going, who are you? And, you don't like, know the meme from, like, Australian Big, Big Brother where she goes, who is she? No, I don't. Where did you find her? Look, it was decent of me to even know, like, that who vine. Is she? I'm, like, not going to understand or grasp.